welcome to this deletion of this live stream. I am your first host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me, as always, is Brett Heathen Dog Grismer. Brett. Hello, everyone. I hope we find you well this evening. Indeed. At least better than I am. I got a little bit of a flu or cold or something. I'm not having a great time. Yes, and we're all sorry about that. Yes, but I'm doing better now that I get to see your smiling face. Something like that. Oh, nope, nope. Something, something better than that. Is that a '70s <laughs> song? It has to be. It's so bad. It has to be from the '70s. It has to be. Has to be. There's a certain. Oh, uh, I've just been told that's Roberta Flack. I have really? been informed by the uh, by my producer. <laughs> um, and my producer also informs me that song doesn't suck, except when I sing it. Okay. But well, that does, that makes perfect sense. It still does suck, though. <laughs> um, well, we, we got some great content for everyone today. We do, even better than Roberta Flack. Uh, we're going to have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog with anime on the stream. And also, Garthon's comic poll. We're talking about Batman and Superman and, and all the mans. Because... I knew Batman 25 was going to make it. I knew it. I had it in my gut. Eh. Why is that? Felt... Why is that? Tell me. Tell me why that is. No, I just had a feeling. Because, because you actually said... It was better than you thought it was going to be. Uh, it's true. My uh, thing in my the bar wasn't quite so high. Well, yeah. It wasn't, you know, as low as some bars that have been set by other items, you know. But secret empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not secret empire bad. You know, <laughs> I'm getting a little tired of every issue of Batman, you know, looking down at his belly button and going. Talk about my feelings. If my parents are proud of me, I wonder <laughs> how what Alfred really thinks of me. We'll ever find love. We'll ever find love. I'm Batman because I'm Batman. Oh, God. Dang. Uh, anyway, we do get a lot of that, though. So, um, and then after that, our RNG, anything we want to feel like talking about. And I actually, uh, well, I have something. I have something. Oh, I do, good, too. Good. We yeah. usually do. So, first, let's talk about our disclaimer so we could all feel better about ourselves. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire vast, powerful, and all-encompassing triumvirate part member Legion of Myth organization. Uh, while you provide a family-friendly atmosphere, their vacation is a foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding and continued viewership. Sultan! <laughs> that movie was bad, but funny, <laughs> if you understood the reference didn't oh uh i'm actually proud that you didn't know that reference i'm proud of you for that i am actually proud of you well now i don't want you to tell me oh i have to tell you now it's from dude where's my car yep i that and one other movie actually actually walked out of the theater yeah it's oh it's not worth paying to see oh no don't pay to see that film No, no it's bad but that film was not the film they advertised it to be if you know what I mean. Oh, they 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 advertised it as one thing and then changed it. Well, they advertised it as like else. some sort of wacky comedy or something, and it kind of was, but it was also this weird space plot, and it just it was an insane Gonzo film, and you can't really advertise a film like that. Mm. Um, pretty much have to trick people into watching it. Pretty much, and it actually had a little more going on than you would expect. But it was it was a Gonzo film. It was insane. It's not something that should have been made. It's astounding. Right. It was. Um, the movie's hilarious, 
but not in the way they they advertised it to be. So just okay. It's one. It's a very strange film. It's one of those films I'm ashamed of kind of liking. I don't like it a lot. Anyway. Uh, as always, you can uh, catch Legion Myth on the internet, on the YouTubes. Just look at Legion Myth. We get a lot of good action there. People are very fond of our playthroughs and our Foundry Mission team most recently. Um, also, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion Myth. On Reddit, you can check out the vanguard of all things Legion of Myth at reddit.com slash r slash Legion of Myth. Uh, Facebook, Legion of Myth page. Look us up on Messenger, on Twitters. Lots of Twitters, lots of tweets. Oh, oh, and I'd like to say... Uh... Uh, interjecting into the into the Twitter verse here, um, Maxiao is currently playing uh, Imperion uh, Galactic Survival, and uh, he's at a point now where he's ready to build a capital ship. Well, he would like uh, uh, user submissions or uh, fan fan submissions on what ship to make. I mean, uh, you can pick any ship from the Steam uh, the, the Steam Workshop as long as it's Alpha version six uh, compatible. Then it's a go. It's go, and whichever one he picks. That that uh, fan gets a free uh, Legion of Myth T-shirt. Ooh, that's very exciting. Uh, yes. Members of the Legion of Myth are not eligible. Um, sadly, no. Sadly, no. I could use a free T-shirt. <laughs> I could use another one. The one I got from years back is kind of old now. Yes, I could use a new with the updated logo as well. Yes. Uh, so, um, all right, that's good to know. So, everyone, check that out. Uh, Empyrean, look up Max Leo, let him know. Is that under the Legion of Myth Steam page, or how can they contact us to let us oh, know. Oh no, uh, the uh, you can uh, you can take any design from the from the Steam workshop and then uh, go ahead and uh, get that link and put it into a Twitter and put that on our page and boom, you're entered. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right, I just double checked my my stream was looking very weird. I'm trying to check that out. Ah, good, it says we're live. Woo, go us. Okay. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's have some entertainment and talk about Heathen Dogs anime on the stream. I'll Thank you very much, Garthon. Slide. i got to fix that. Oh, sad face. What happened? No, I just look at the top slide. It says Legion Myth is cut off. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that is a not. That's an issue with whoever designed that slide. Yep, that was me. <laughs> I was I'll just trying to slot. Blame for that. Ah, true durability, sloth flame. Gotta love it. That's right. Okay, our, uh, we have two anime today. Both of them are from Hulu. Uh, because uh, Netflix is steering away from uh, series and getting more toward uh, anime movies, especially movies that they that, that they actually really. make. Yeah, yeah, but they but they had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, series in the beginning, but they're just not renewing them. So they're just slowly, slowly going away, and they're focusing all their money on content that they either own or can partially own. Right, so that, like the, Voltron yeah. or something. Yeah, Voltron or uh, uh, Knights of Sidonia or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, two we have today are from Hulu. Uh, the first yeah, is Brave 10. All right. This this one is a, it's a period piece set in uh, – set in uh, um, China. Yes, in China. But uh, the specific time frame is 1599. Sometime in the spring summer of 1599 is, is when this series starts. Isn't that part of the War and Kingdoms period? It is the end. It is the end of that period. Now that's very important for later on to know that that they actually state that this is the time frame. Who says you can't learn anything from video games? There you go. Now before we get into it, into it, uh, we will go into the particulars. 
Okay, this was uh, directed by uh, Kyoko Sayama, or, uh, written by Mamiko Akita, music by Seku Naga, Nagaoka. Uh, studio is Studio Sakamakura and TMS Entertainment, licensed in NIS America. Original network is Tokyo MX. Original run was from January 8th, 2012 to March 27th, 2012, for a total of 12 episodes. And of course, you can only watch it on Hulu. Now, Legally. let's get in. Yes, legally. Only watch on Hulu. When, and Legion Myth does not endorse illegal streaming. We know it happens, just like... We do not endorse like any Tiger. form of illegal activity. Exactly. Unless it directly well, benefits us. Yeah, then then we're cool. You go down but, low, keep it way down. Yeah. Quietly. Yeah. Now, Exactly. Now we will look at the our two, two main... The, the two real main characters that hook you in in the beginning. Uh, Saizo, it's on the left, and Izanami. That is some serious right. dental floss. Oh yeah. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Sorry. He actually he actually has the uh the the pommel or handle of his blade wrapped and uh when he wants to unlock various powers he has to unwrap it and then when the when the when the sigil the a specific sigil he unwraps is exposed to air it activates. Makes sense. Yeah, so he's got to keep it wrapped or else his blade will be just humming and glowing all the time. So Anyway, uh we have a clip of the first time that they met. And uh are you ready to roll that? I believe so. That's Brave 10 number one in our Correct. flip zone. Boom. Hit it. It is hit. And uh, for those of you who are on the, on the podcast. Right. Uh, yeah. Looks like that poor woman got beat up or something. Oh, she's been running. Oh. She's being chased. And, and she's asking the stranger for help. And he's saying, why, she, why should he save her? And then she looks really shocked. Like, what? Aren't you a noble knight? Don't you save exactly. people? No, man. I'm just a dude. <laughs> just a dude. It's a dude with a giant magic sword. Yeah. I mean, uh, his his whole backstory is that he is a, a, a masterless ninja. Okay. He doesn't he doesn't. So he's a ronin. To, yeah. He doesn't owe fealty to any lord um, be, because the because the last one really debagged him over. All right. So so he's just wandering the countryside, beholden to no one. He takes mercenary jobs when he needs food and lodging or whatever. Wait, you said and, masterless ninja, not samurai, so he's not a ronin. Yes, I know he's not a ronin. He's a I'm masterless. Sorry. He's masterless ninja. Not, Please not don't a samurai. send me any nasty emails. I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, so his whole thing is it's it's him, and that's it. That's his mindset. And this 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 uh, wandering girl is not his problem. That's the, this 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 chick is somebody else's problem. Well, uh, the people who are chasing her, other other ninja, uh, catch up to him right after that moment. Oh, nice. And and they say, hey, uh, we're really sorry. We didn't want to drag you into this, but you saw her, so we got to kill you. He's like, oh, no witnesses, huh? Well, I guess I got to do this then. And he he eagerly dispatches all of them very, very quickly. Because now he has a reason. Yes, now he has a reason because they're going to try and kill him, so he pretty much kills them all first. And then she's like, oh, so you will protect me. No, man. <laughs> I'm still me. walking this way. And then, then, then his stomach growls, and he's like, well, I'll take you to the border if you buy me food she's like sold and so you know that that that's how they get together and uh he's basically throughout the throughout the uh throughout the series uh in the in the beginning he's just stuck with her for one reason or another she's like she's like a bad penny she just keeps turning up and then as this as the series progresses his his feelings toward her and in general of uh, the world in general start changing now the reason they do that is because of our next guy this is Sanada Yukimura. All right, now he is the lord of of a backwater domain, uh, forest mo- mainly forest, but he's got he's got a sizable chunk of land, just none of it's really usable. And uh, 
uh, in the in the, in the Warring States era, be, be before the the uh, Shogunate, um, there was the, there was fighting was everywhere. I mean, you fought tooth and nail to hang on to what land you had. Okay, so he he doesn't have a great army, but he is an, a very very skilled tactician and politician. So he's been able to to deflect attacks from his from his domain to somebody else's by by creating the appearance of slight in another direction, making someone hate them more than him or, uh, you know, choice assassination or whatever. You know, he's 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 good at holding on to power. Now, uh, Izanami and. Uh, and uh, Saizo uh, were uh, go to this guy because because she was given orders from from her from her temple to go see this guy. He will help you. So he takes her over to see this guy, and uh, um, he says, "Eh, yeah, sure, I'll help." And, oh, re endorsement. Uh, yeah, he's like, "Man, he didn't seem too interested." But he's like, "Yeah, whatever, I'll do it." So uh, so it goes, and then then uh, him and his and his uh, and his manservant uh, start talking, and he starts talking about his grand plan. All right, and that is covered in uh, Brave Clip number two. So go ahead and roll that. Be patient. We don't have enough numbers. We'd have ten highly talented fingers on our hands. Yes, and he's talking about uh, his ten braves or his or his ten legendary heroes. Now, uh, he had it in his head uh, that he needed ten specific uh, kinds of warriors to uh to gather together under him and then he would be able to uh change the world and at first i thought i was the opinion where you know like uh like the why 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 does a now how's it go i forget how the how the saying goes why does god Uh, need a starship no 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 that that was from arguably one of the worst star trek movies thank you very much arguably yes yes Uh, i know that uh well, I don't know the, a, the... Uh, a, a small group of, of, of people who are highly motivated. Uh, why why can they change the world? Because they're the only people who ever did. All right. Uh, so so he wants to gather uh, ten people with just the right abilities and mentality, and if he uses them correctly, he he can alter the way the world is. Makes sense to me. Yes. Now uh, I thought this this was really cool. You know, but but I, at the beginning, I didn't know is he a bad guy or is he a good guy. He's helping though. He's helping the, the the priestess, so he might be a good guy. But he's got ulterior motives, like out of the gate, so he might be a bad guy. You don't you don't find out for a few, a few episodes yet he's on where he kind falls. of a his own guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is he is a feudal lord. I mean, so he's got He's got to be at least partially on his own side at all times. Right. So as long as your ideals align with his, you're okay. Right. Now uh, it becomes it becomes pretty evident uh, early on that uh, he is he will not force anyone or trick anyone to to falling under his command. He will do his thing. He will help these people out, and then he's extremely charismatic. So people just tend to follow him. You know, he turns one way, and the universe tends to turn that way as well. You know, as everyone just follows him because they feel like they should. You know, it feels like that's what you're supposed to do. All right. All right. But again, that could be good guy or bad guy. You know, it could yeah, be either true. way. You know? So uh I I wanna I wanna talk about Saizo for a minute. Uh the the main character. Uh he was uh he was introduced uh 
um, when the when the original people who who originally went after the the, the priestess uh, mm-hmm. heard his name, he was called Sizo the Uncuttable or something or some some rough translation. And apparently he uh, in battle he has never been cut. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, and that 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 brings fear to people who carry cutty things into battle you know they're used to those working on people exactly they're used to those working on pretty much everybody around uh, so they they immediately go oh i'm carrying a sword and he's uncuttable i'm in trouble well it turns out that this is all just uh hype i mean uh either he fell into this into this hype or he carefully cultivated this to get out of fights because we go to the next slide and boom this is episode number two look at him oh he's a little cut up he's a little cut there's a we'll sword go- in his hand Yes, and we will go to the next slide, and he's he's here at a at a bathhouse, and you see all of the various scars on his body. He's been cut a lot. Yes, he has. So how he got the uncuttable moniker, I have no freaking idea. No idea whatsoever. Well, so far knows they to be able to cut you know enough of him to kill him. So I guess he's doing all right. There's there's the rub. That's the problem. He gets cut a lot, and he gets the crap beat out of him a lot. In the, in the first episode, you think he's this hot dandy warrior. He's not. I mean, sure, he's good, but it seems like all the bad guys kick his butt, like, across town. I mean, he, he's really good at being hurt, severely losing seemingly gallons of blood and not dying. That's his real superpower. He, he should, should be <laughs> Sizo the Undying or Sizo the Unkillable. Well, then that just encourages people to try and kill you. Exactly. I think that's why he, he deflected that to just Uncuttable. <laughs> uncuttable's a little better. Yeah, un, un, Uncuttable's better because then people just might not even try. Yeah. But you say someone's unkillable, well, they're going to take a shot at you just because. Yeah, they'll try a bomb on you or something then. Now, uh, throughout the first two episodes, I'm wondering, why is everyone after this this uh, this priestess chick? He's an army. Why are they after her? What's so special about her? She's not particularly bright. She's not particularly useful in any situation. Um, she has no political favor. She has no uh, she has she has no no religious favor anymore because we find out very early on that her her, her temple was just burned down and everyone killed. Oh, well, that's important. So, so what is so important about her? And in this next clip, clip number three, we uh, we find out why. Go ahead and play that. How dare you look down on us, die? Ooh, and that a... that is a disembodied voice from seemingly that jewel. That will wow, it's, uh, that's certainly killing people. Yeah, it's killing all the folk. Psycho's like, what? Yeah, it's a little, uh... Yeah, it's killing all the trees and everything, too. It kills everything. Certainly seems to. Yowza. That's that's why everyone's after her. She has she has this ability. Or she has that little hair pendant thing that, that gives her that ability. Okay? So, if you can control an ultimate destructive force that doesn't kill the user but kills everything around the user, that's a very, very potent... Uh, be a handy basically, tool to have. yeah, basically non-suicide bomber. Right. You, you walk into a, you to have a, a meeting. living weapon on your hand. Exactly. You walk into you walk into a meeting of the enemy generals, and then you walk out, and they're all ash. That's a great power to have, and so people want to control that power. That's why her entire uh, temple was burned down, and people are after. That makes sense to me. Yes, and throughout this, and we go to the next slide. We can see we can see. Uh, um, uh, so Sonata uh, trying to butter up to her once, yeah. once he finds out about that power. Cause you know, that's smart. Yeah. She seems like kind of annoyed. Kind yeah. Of yeah you, you don't want the living weapon not liking you. You yes. really, yes. Yeah. You, you really want that one. So he, uh, 
he he spends the rest of uh, the uh, Sonata uh, spends spends the rest of the uh, the anime helping helping uh, Izanami and uh, and and our, our unkillable friend uh, stay, stave off attacks from hired ninja and and hired goons and stuff while while also collecting his ten braves. Now, I I did give I did give it four stars. All right. Now, I I have to I've tell you uh, my my whole process. Now, most people they they, they will tell you that uh, they start at zero stars, and then the the anime or movie has to earn each step up in rank. Well, I don't think I don't think like that. I start at five, and each mistake they made or bad play they made, in my opinion, you you get you get down a rank. Okay. Okay. So everything here is good. Okay, it's good. So three, three and a half stars tops. The animation is good, but not groundbreaking. The uh, the, the character development is good, but again, they 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 stick to a lot of old tropes like the like like the useless girl who's actually the secret magic weapon. Well, yeah. I hate that one. I hate that one. But it's so common, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't knock because of it because it's popular. Well, otherwise, why should we be there? Otherwise, she'd just be the useless girl who's always there for no reason. She has to exactly. Reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and the, the, the story itself, uh, how it's how it's paced and, and is good, but again, not groundbreaking. Now, the, the reason I bumped it up to four is because it actually it, it follows history. Sonata's Brave 10 are an, is, was an actual thing. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's get some... Uh... Here we go. Uh, Sonata Yukimura, da, da, da. And I am crushing it. Yeah. I am just crushing it. Here we go. Here we go. A Japanese samurai warrior. Uh, he lived between uh, 1567 and 1615. Uh, he was especially known as leading general on the defending side of the siege of Osaka. Uh, Yukimara was called, quote, a hero who may never once appear once in a hundred years. Also, the Crimson Demon of War and the, the last Sengoku hero. Uh, Sen, uh, the Sengoku era was the era of the warring states we were talking about right, right before the Tokugawa shogunate took over and unified China for the first time in hundreds of years. That's a heck of a title. Yes. So in, in, in history, it, it was written in, in, in the Edo period after he died. Uh, about him gathering his ten braves, and and helping the the uh, Tokugawa uh, shogunate come to be, uh, creating a unified China. So he this is based this is based in 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 actual history. Now some of the character backgrounds are are, are taken for liberty. But do you mean probably. Japan or China? I'm sorry, China. Yes. Uh, uh, some some of the character backgrounds there are taken liberties with, creative liberties. But to be fair. Uh, most, if if not all, of the of the stories written about the, the 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 ten braves, some of them vary a little bit. Some some even flop between being male and female. Okay. So there's a lot of wiggle room, and still and still you you can say that you are you're on it. You're it's you're somewhat historically, historically accurate. accurate. Exactly, you're as historically accurate as you can be. All right. And uh, the the reason I say this thing starts off at, at 1599 is because October 21st, 1600. Is the is the is the is the uh, first great battle on on the road to to the to the Tokugawa clan becoming 
uh, shogunate. And uh, it took a between 1600 and 1603 for them to consolidate power and the head of the clan to become the shogun. Is this another series that shows Nobunaga being like an evil demon or something? No. Okay. No. Nothing like that. Usually that's what happens. No. No. They they they, they didn't go uh, they didn't go too supernatural with this. Uh some some of the powers are a little Naruto-esque, you know, like like uh, ninjutsu well, type stuff. Yeah. That that's just for flair. But uh, no, no, there's no demons. There, there's, there's no oni. There's nothing like that. It's all, it's all folk. You got when, a girl who's essentially an atom bomb, so you know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you, you find out later why that is, and it, it is also steeped in folklore. So, okay, I get it. Okay. That's why, it, that's why it got bumped up to a four instead of a three or three and a half, because it's the first anime that I've read that actually tried to stay historically accurate and didn't go off the rails at some point. It's interesting. Unlike that other one, uh, Heroic Legend of uh, of Arslan. Oh God, that was. <sighs> yeah, that's based on history. You didn't like that one. No, no, it they went off the rails and went nuts. I mean, it was just a, it was just not a, not a, it was it was average in every way. Right, but Brave Ten is good. Yes, Brave Ten is is good, but the the uh, fact that you can actually learn something while watching it, that's that has there's real substantive value. That's what that's what made me bump it up yeah, to a four. Education is good. Yes, that's right. And now we go on to our next anime, and that is Black Bullet. Now, Black Bullet is just fun. Action-packed, post-apocalyptic, um, buddy cop movie, I guess. We am get right, right down to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun stuff. Before we get into that, let's get into the particulars. It was uh, directed by Masayuki Kojima, written by Tatsukio Urata. Sure, or Urahata, that's it. Music by Shiro Sek- Sagisu. Uh, studio is Kinema Citrus and Orange. I don't know why they're both citrus names. Maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Licensed by Hanabi, Sentai Filmworks, Animatsu Entertainment, Original Networks. These are not all of them. These are all ones I could fit in the slide. There's a, there's a couple more. KBS, Sun, Tokyo MX, ATX, and TVA. That's a lot original of original networks. Yeah, apparently they decided to shotgun blast this thing out there. Uh, original run was from January 9th, 2015 to March 27, 2015. You can watch it on Hulu, and it ran for 13 episodes. Now, to set this thing up, it was really easy. The first 24 seconds of this anime sets the tone, sets the pace, and I want you to really listen to the score because this the score in this in the whole anime blew my friggin' mind. Go ahead and run this clip. Now, it's not a lot of talking in this one. They want you to set the scene, set the tone. Obviously, this is uh, some kind of uh, refugee camp. Yes. 2021. It, this is a this is a preview. Ten years before the start of the actual series.
And if you could have heard that, it was just a nightmare feel. I know all everyone else heard that. And uh, those those are gastria infected animals. Now, gastria is an alien virus. It uh, caught it, it got got in our atmosphere by a, an asteroid or comet or whatever. And it, it's it survived reentry and it infect it infects mammals, insects, and arachnids. Okay, um, plants. And invertebrates, I'm not sure. I haven't seen any invertebrates, but uh, uh, mammals, insects, and arachnids de uh, definitely. Uh, it it uh, it gets inside, rapidly mutates your DNA. It increases your size, increases the the uh, being's regeneration rate, and makes it just rabid, just killing everything. the The more people it attacks, the more the more the virus spreads. This thing hit the earth like a like a falcon punch. I mean, it was awful half the world died within the first six months because ev every everybody who falls and doesn't die immediately turns into an enemy soldier including people how do now, they turn into enemy soldiers they they are mutated by the by the virus oh that, that and uh, and become hideous monster things you know hideous monster things i did a girl like that <laughs> i think we've all dated a girl like that just saying <laughs> Now we, we go to our next slide and we will see our two protagonists, Rintaro and Inju. Uh, one of them looks like they might be dangerous. No, no, no. Actually, it's the other way around. That's what I'm saying. And the other's a guy in a suit. Okay, there you go. <laughs> now, I'm used uh, to watching anime. I know who the dangerous one is. Okay, you, you know the score. You know the score. There's no getting around you. No, but yeah, uh, if you ever see like a cute little girl or or a frail old person alone, they're the most dangerous person alive. Just stay away from them. And you are absolutely correct. Now, uh, Rentaro works for the public security sector. All right. Now, his job is to is to uh, monsters that actually get into the city or infected people that want that that get into the city. His his job is to stop the infection, which is kill the monster or kill the person before he turns into a monster, because there is no cure. Once you're infected, you're done. Much like the summertime blues. There you go. Sorry, I'll, I'll give you that one. That's, that's not. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Well, you may be thinking, well, if these are giant monsters that that are super strong, regenerate super fast, how do you stop them from overtaking a city? How do you do that? Well, we go to the next slide. You build these things. Boom, giant, giant monoliths. Two thousand one monoliths. Yeah, I think there's actually nineteen or something like that. But uh, these are monoliths made out of uh, an alloy called veranium. Now, veranium was found. In Wakanda. Uh, in Wakanda, no. Uh, it, 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 was, it was discovered a while ago, but they couldn't find an industrial use for it. I mean, it's not super strong. It's not super tough. It's not super flexible. It's not super anything. So it was on the periodic table, but no one cared about it. You know, it was conductive, but not very. It's kind it of was, a substandard metal. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a substandard metal. But they found out that anything infected with the gastria virus uh, – is basically allergic to this stuff. The more of it you have, the, the stronger the reaction. Ooh, that sounds so, good. Yes. So they built these giant, as you can tell, this is a giant cityscape, and these things tower over that. So they surrounded Tokyo with this stuff, and Gastria just can't get in. They cannot get close enough. There's too much of it in one place, and they have it in they have it spaced so that uh, so there's no gaps so in, the, in the effective is, coverage. Is the rest of the world just kind of hosed? There are maybe 20 or 30 spots on the planet that support human life. 
that are protected by these barriers. Oh, okay. The rest of the rest of the planet is a gastria-infused nightmare. Duncan Idaho believes that One Punch Man can take care of it. Okay, everyone believes that One Punch Man can take care of anything. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, sure. And it's true. Yes, he could probably take care of a lot of this stuff, but all it takes is One Punch Man to get bit one time and have his skin broken, which, to be fair, hasn't happened yet. I don't believe. No, haven't seen that yet. Yeah, he's been he's been he's gotten like battle scratch marks, but no actual blood. Then he will he would turn into a, a one punch man gastria nightmare, That'd and be then very bad. he would crack the world in half, and we'd all die. So I'd rather leave leave one one punch man in his own universe. Not as interesting as the series that way, really. No, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely correct, absolutely correct in that. Anyway, sorry, please continue. You're very well. Now, what is beyond that wall? Well, let's let's look at the next slide. This nightmare scenario is right beyond the wall. These these Cthulhu esque creatures of the of of just the horrors from beyond. That you cannot reason pleasant. with no. You cannot reason with them. You 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 cannot uh, you cannot bait them. You cannot trick them because they have one goal: to kill or convert anything that is not them. Now these things work together. Even cross-species mutants work together. So, uh, a, a so gastria got that going for them. Yes, a, a gastria mutated bat, a gastria mutated mongoose, and a gastria mutated cobra will all work together seamlessly and not, not not attack each other. To them, they're all the same thing. Are they part of a hive mind then? It's not made abundantly clear, but at the end, you get some inklings. Of something around that, but I'm not. I'm not going to ruin it. But you, you, you get some some inklings of that. All right. Now, what happens when a person gets bit, or cut, or somehow infected? Well, let's go to the next slide. He rapidly transforms. Th okay. This guy was infected probably 15 minutes prior to this moment. And your stuff grows out of you. Yes, you you actually rapidly expand cell wise. As, as, as your DNA gets overwritten, once you reach 51% alien DNA in your body, uh, the rest of it is just explosive growth. And the thing uses you as its base material to create itself. You are rapidly eaten, basically, and turned into this thing. That, that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> Duncan Idaho is is, is uh, mixing his references. He's getting StarCraft and Star Trek put in there. I know. I just noticed <laughs> that. I liked it. Oh yeah. Now, um, our next clip is uh, is this guy before his transformation. Now we can't have sound on this one because there's a lot of talky talky. This is clip number three. I accidentally mislabeled them. I'm sorry. We're going to play clip number three right now. Wait. So clip number three, you don't want sound on? Correct. Remember this. this yeah, clip number. No, no, no. Okay, no, you can put sound on this one. That's fine. Now, there's Enju. Now, you were right. She is the most dangerous person there. The reason being is because a pregnant woman who gets uh, gastria blood in their mouth, in their digestive system, for some reason does not get infected, but the fetus inside, the, the, the gastria DNA tries to take it over, but because of the human natural, uh, natural immunities, 
that uh, that, that, that within to, the womb that, that exists within the womb to protect a pregnancy from from viral and, and bacterial problems actually halt the progress. So they are partially changed, but there is no rapid expansion. So why aren't they so, just you know force feeding every pregnant woman in the city? Because people don't think of these 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 girls as human. They're always female. If even if they were male, their DNA is rewritten to female. That's possible. It is possible. All it would take is uh, blocking estrogen to the womb. Sure. And uh, then you go. So they're all they're all female, and uh, they all have red eyes, and they are all considered uh, no class citizens. I mean, at, at the at, at the beginning at the beginning of this of uh, this anime, they have almost no rights as people. But like Americans, they are very fast. They are very strong. They have the enemy's regeneration abilities, and all of these things hurt their mamas. Oh, that's sad. All right, so so all these girls have got a mean on for for gastria mutated monsters. So that's why they are paired with with a, with a civilian security force officer. Someone to kind of keep them in check. Someone to keep them in line, keep them in check because no one trusts them. But they are the best frontline defense to stop another outbreak. Makes sense. Yes. Now, like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, heathen dog. I thought that these things couldn't get by the giant monoliths. How how did this guy get infected if he was in the city? Aha. And I counter to you, my, my good man, with the word mosquito. Or maybe he went outside. The city. Was it actually a mosquito? Did they say? No, they, they, they said that in the series that was, that was one type of transmission that they're always worried about. Oh, okay. Because uh, um, a, a mosquito can be outside the wall, bite uh, an, an infected animal, and then rove inside the wall because it is not infected by, by, the, by the blood it's, it carries. Oh, kind of like a flea or something. Exactly, or a flea or whatever. And then it bites a human. Well, some of that virus gets in, you know, just, just like malaria. Yeah. And boom, 15 minutes later, you have, you have a raging Gastria beast monster in the city. So, yes, the, 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 uh, per, the civilian security forces are necessary. Necessary. That is a unfortunate reality. Yes. Now, if we, if we have, do we have time? We have How much time. Do we have time? We have plenty of time? Okay. Then we can go ahead and, and play play clip number two this one no sound you were you were right i was wrong the very beginning i'm very sorry gartha but uh this this is this is moments before this guy transformed into in into uh into the horrible beast monster that that Enju had to destroy but uh he's actually talking to Enju in this one sandy needs help and she's letting him know that he's going to have to be killed well she didn't say it like that come on Oh, he's bitten by a spider or something. Yes, it was a spider creature. Oh, that's very sad. And that's when he had to die. Yeah, I mean, he he was done the moment he was bitten. Lift, he was done. Right, he was done. So there was nothing. There was nothing that could actually be done for this guy. All right. Now let's let's go see what I rated it. Four well, and a half stars. High rating. Very high rating. The reason being. Is because, uh, like, like I said in the beginning, every, everything starts with five stars. Okay, you can only go down from there. So let's see. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it because it's it's the cut and paste from a light novel type thing. You know, they just took all yeah. the story from a light novel and put it into an anime. That's fine right? with me. Exactly. I mean, it's a common practice. 
it's done across the board, especially especially in this uh, in this time frame. Were they looking right? for it to be expanded upon or something? Maybe they were, but I, I can't take away for that. All right, and uh, story. A lot of people said it meandered here and there. It, it wasn't it wasn't a cohesive story. I I disagree. Uh, to a point. I mean, sure, there is some meandering, but to, to introduce new characters, you need to veer off the main plot every once in a while. You know, to, to, to pick up a new person to bring back to the main plot. You know, that's just that's just good storytelling. So I couldn't take off for that. All right. And the, the actual characters themselves, this girl, I like her. She she does have some traits of a of a, of a Japanese schoolgirl. That just can't be. I can't take away from it. I don't like it, but I can't take away from it because she is a Japanese schoolgirl. But she is effective. She is in. She is in no way a hindrance to to the male character at any point in the series. At any point. That's good. And she helps advance the plot on her own, not because of her. She makes positive steps to advance the plot. Unlike in Brave Ten, where the uh, where Izanami was basically a plot device. She had no anima in creating her own future. Inju has anima, and she she makes steps to to write her own story. So, All yep, right. prop, props to that. Very good. Now, I never give five in, in a series. It's so easy during during thirteen episodes to screw up. It's so easy that getting a five is basically you know calling calling a shot in a home run. All right, almost impossible. Now. It only went down to a four and a half on the on the uh, strength of the score, the music, absolutely stunning. The the the, the guy uh, the guy who wrote this, uh, Shiro Shiro Sigisu, genius, genius. Every single main confrontation or main uh, plot point that that the director and the writer wanted to make sure that people stopped and listened to, he went just wow he swung for the fences and he hit every time now oh, uh did, cool. did you get the sound on on that clip number three was there sound on that one for the for the folks yeah okay good now that that fight scene sound every single every single tense fight scene had music like that not the same music he wrote different music for almost every single fight scene and in the beginning that 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 haunting uh, score that was that was leading up to to the to the attack on the encampment. It's, it kind of like started off as a sad dirge and like slowly morphed into just danger and and uh, and uh, um, just uh, terror. It was like that the entire series. I mean, I I would buy the soundtrack itself just for the series. Well, wow, that's for high praise. It is. All right. Well, thank you very much. Is there any You're last welcome. words you'd like to say? Uh, any final well, words? If you don't have Hulu, I'm telling you, uh, you're. If you don't have Hulu or Crunchyroll, which I'm not doing Crunchyroll because I'm paying too much a month for all kinds of other services. You can get a lot of free stuff out of Crunchyroll. You can get a lot of free stuff out of out of Crunchyroll if you want to deal with ads and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to deal with ads, you can get a lot more. But uh, for anime series, Hulu's Hulu's your bet. You know, for for stuff you can also use for other things. Crunchyroll's just anime though. Whereas Hulu, you have uh, you have you have all the all the TV and and some movies and lots of anime series. So if you don't have Hulu, get it. You're not going to waste that eight dollars a month. 
Unless you don't watch it, then you would be wasting it. Unless you don't watch it, then you're definitely so wasting it. So don't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're so welcome, I, sir. Yeah. All right. So I guess, everyone, that we're going to be moving on to that next part. Let's move on to Garthon's Comic Poll. Here we are. Garthon's Comic Poll right there. Boom. Okay. First up this week, we're going to talk about Superman number 25, uh, written by Patrick Leeson and Peter J. Tomasi. Artist uh, Doug Monke and Patrick Gleason, and this cover is from Ryan Souk. Why they do a different guy for the cover? I don't know. They love doing that nowadays. All right, in this book, Manchester Black, in the last issue, has used his mental powers to take over Superboy. No kidding. No that's kidding. That's what he does, man. That, that's his go-to move. Pretty much. Um, yeah. To show Superman that he's worthless and pathetic, um, and that he could be so much better, he takes over... He made everything look terrible, just made everything look hopeless to Superboy, and then used that to go into his brain and take him over. Doing that, once he was inside Superboy's brain, he unlocked all the safeties inside Superboy's head that stops him from going full bore in his powers, and proceeded to use them to whoop up on Superman. Oh, oh, uh, no, stop. How can I stop? I haven't started. I'm just saying, how is that possible? He's still a freaking kid. He is. But... It has been established that half that half human half Kryptonians are actually more powerful than pure blood Kryptonians, because they have full exposure to the Earth Sun from birth. And because they say like human genome is super adaptive, it actually takes the clearance of the Kryptonian DNA and makes it more powerful. Uh, the reason that John Superboy hasn't been able to use his powers in the series before is because the milk he was drinking from the insidious neighbor was actually holding back his powers. Okay, fair. And on top of that, he's a good person who doesn't want to hurt anyone. He accidentally eye-blasted his cat. And oh! Yeah, yeah. So he's terrified of his own powers. So Manchester Black goes in and says, You know what, Govs? You gotta unlock it all. Click, click, click. And, you know, sets him, at, you know, sets him from stun to kill and points him at his dad. Yes, yeah, Duncan Idaho, the, the kitty didn't make it. No, he did not. So, uh, the rest of Manchester Black's forces say, you know what, we, no Superman, we, we see your point, but this is our side. We need to play this out with Manchester Black. It's our only way to survive. And they just, so it becomes like the big, uh, at this point, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's bride, Batman, and Robin have all been freed. So they all, the big fight commences. And in that, they do the... It's kind of the typical thing where it's like, this guy's being mind control, but whooping my butt, but I know he loves me and I love him, so I'm going to appeal to his humanity, you know, basically that kind of thing. Yeah. And so Superman starts trying to do that tactic. Like, no, I know this isn't you, John. It was controlling you. And John's like, you hurt my mother. Because in the last... In the previous issues, um, Manchester Black showed him that Lois got hurt and Superman had to cauterize her leg by basically cutting it off with his eye beams and cauterizing it, or she would have died from blood loss. So he saw this. So he's like, you hurt my mother. You cannot do this. You cannot protect anyone. And shortly after that, Lois shows up. It's like, John, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, wait, what? No, Manchester Black made you see that. And he's like, God damn it. Someone kill her. 
and they try and attack Lois, and of course, bam, Superboy's right in the way. He's like, you do not hurt my mother. And that actually is what helps him break free of the mind control. Master Flash tried to hurt Lois, and that just snaps him out. He's like, no. And then he just starts going, just starts fighting back against the Manchester Black's forces. And they're able to use... Um, Sorry about that. I'm hitting a... Uh... Hitting a what? But one of the... Uh, the little girl who John's been friends with, who turned out to be one of Manchester Black's forces, but didn't want to be, is actually like Sean Moore, thinks they're doing the wrong thing. Uh, she has psychic powers. They actually use John's link with Manchester Black to go in and mind blast him. All right, back door. And they end up, with their combined power, mind blasting him so hard that it knocks his consciousness out of him. What? That's what they say. But basically, like, you see just this... Like, lightning and everything is hitting him at once as everyone just attacks him at once with everything they got. Okay. And when they're done, Manchester Black is a vegetable. He's just blank guy. There's nothing there anymore. He's gone. God, how many times has that happened? Uh, too many. <laughs> uh, two. Anyway, so, no, one. That happened one other time. Okay, so two total. Two total. But... It's kind of funny because in that scene, like, you know, the lightning going through, I like, see the lightning, like, striking from him, arcing everywhere. And, like, you see it hitting this cow. It's like, woo! You know, it's kind of funny. Oh, God. First we lost a cat. Now we lost a cow. Yeah. This, this writer does not like animals at it's all. It's kind of funny. But uh, it was cruel, but kind of funny. Um, but the aftermath that's going on is the people who are the aliens who are helping Manchester Black, you learn their backstory he offered them a solution to try and blend in on this planet and that if they helped him uh, bring Superman around to his way of thinking, he would help them fix their warp drive so they can get home. That's Great. all he really wanted to do. They didn't want to hurt anyone. They didn't have to really have a dog in the fight. They're sorry. And they've actually lived as sleeper agents in this town for so long, It's they think of it as their home now. The warp drive is now completely, after the fight, completely hosed. They basically sure. have to be there to make sure it doesn't go critical and kill everyone. That's basically their job now. But they still want to stay there. And, like, they apologize, like, we didn't want to do this. We're so sorry. You know, if you want to send us to prison, we understand. But this is our home. And we were just doing what we had to do. And you know, we want to protect our home. And being, at first, Superman is like, oh, hell no. And then it's actually, like, Lois and Superboy say, well, don't people deserve a second chance? He's like, dang it. So he gives them a second chance. Everyone goes back to their normal lives, you know. And it looks like things calm down for now. So it's actually kind of a nice ending to it. Does Superboy go, go back to drinking the... the uh, no, the no. Milk? The tainted milk is gone. No more oh, okay. tainted milk. But uh, they do uh, allude to at the end, like, his powers haven't fully come back. And he, knows it's just his, he knows it's just him stopping himself. And once he's more confident, he'll get him going again. Okay. And then the little girl, you know, you know, like, gives him a little peck in the cheek and he's able to fly. Because he's all full of, like... Machismo or something. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's, he's got to get this mojo. But there's actually there's a dark epilogue uh, where they're talking about how there's man, there's no mental force in Manchester Black. It like got he's gone. Like I, it got blasted out of him or something, but it's not there. And so then, where is it? Well, later you see like this group of like preteen boys like maybe 12 13 14 and you see and they're like no this is it this is the place that are sneaking into like looks like somewhere around the kent's farm mm -hmm. i keep i keep having these dreams that, that he's here 
and he wants to smoke. He like seems to like pack his cigarettes the exact same kind my ancestor Black used to smoke. It's like it. We know. We got to do this, man. They're like, yeah, 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 because they've have the dream. They say. Mm. And then they go, and they say, all right, here's your smoke. And then he goes and shows the cow. Stop it. With a cigarette hanging out of its mouth. Stop it. And its eyes are red. And then, they're, then they all look at each other. And you see the cow say, moo, like dark and sinister. Then the boys all look at each other. This is dumb. Yeah, what are we doing anyway? Hey, let's tip it over. Yay! And then they push the cow over. And that's how it ends. That is, that is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've read in a long I time. I loved it. Oh, come on. Because there's no proof that actually that Manchester Black's consciousness was put in the cow. That maybe Except it like wanted to smoke of... and it's got red eyes. Well, that might be a psychic gecko or something. But I just loved how it looks like, oh, no. That's like he's in the county. He's still going to use his psychic influence. And the boys go, what are we doing? This is dumb. Just push him over. It's like, oh, what an ignoble end for Manchester Black. Reed Richards turned scroll into cows. And then people ate those cows. And they became the because... scroll kill crew. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. I know, I know. So there have been dumber plots. There's a bat cow. No, eject. There is. Eject. I have not made this up. La, 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 la. Nope. There's a, there's a super cat. Stop it. Will you, you stop know, it? Do you know what the super cat's name is? I don't care. Streaky. What, oh, great. What, what, what's the rating for this book? There's a super horse. Stop it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eject from this whole stream. His name is Comet. If you wait till RNG, I'll tell you what the super monkey's name is. Uh, All right. I'll be waiting forever. <laughs> uh, I'm rating this book. Uh, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. I really liked it. I kind of like the bit of humor injected at the end with the epilogue. Superman is a light book, and this book was very heavy. A lot of dark stuff happening. And so I liked... The ending was kind of like ominous, but also very lighthearted. And that's pretty much what you want from a Superman book. It did a nice job walking. This isn't Batman. I don't want to see, oh, everything's dark, murder, blood. Uh, no. So Manchester Black is a very dark Superman villain. Um, not as dark as they made the Toy Master in the 90s, which caused a lot of controversy. Mm. We won't talk about that. Not right now. But three and a half out of five. Really enjoy the book. Um the last two issues, maybe not the greatest jumping on point for the series. Uh, the next issue maybe will be. But I really did like this wrap of the series. Kind of weird, uh, but it's kind of a nice at-home issue, not a we-have-to-go-punch-aliens-in-the-throat issue. So I liked it. Three and a half out of five. Okay. Yes, Duncan Otto, we were all sad that the kitty had to die. It was sad. It wouldn't have killed Streaky the super cat, though, just saying. All right, next up is U.S. Avengers number seven, written by Al Ewing. Uh, artist was Paco Medina, who also did the cover. So see the cover. Looks good. The art's good. Paco Medina is a good artist. Very consistent. Like the art a lot. Um, it's very clean. It's a, it's great comic book art. You just you can't really beat it nowadays. Um, Al Ewing is one of the sharpest writers Marvel has, in my opinion. Um, he's Brian Michael Bendis is a, is another one of the greatest. Well, currently, best writers Marvel has. He can be a little inconsistent at times, but everyone can. But Al Ewing, to me, is consistently good. Um, he has a decent sense of humor about what he writes. Uh, good action going on. This book uh, takes place after U.S. Avengers number six. Uh, U.S. Avengers is another Avengers team, which is kind of... Uh, the, US, the U.S. government has given their blessing to. That's why it's the U.S. Avengers. 
the people on the team are not all U.S. Avengers. U.S. Avengers is Squirrel Girl, uh, who you see there. Um, Ikeku Johnson, who is... Is it Enigma she is? That's the girl in the white armor. The other people are part of Euroforce. Uh, Swordswoman, Ares... I don't remember who the guy with the shotgun is. Sorry. Sorry to do the shotgun. You're not that famous. Oh, oh I'm going to sneeze. You could just hit mute. You have a mute. But I'm glad you actually blanked out on that. Anyway. I love the art in this book. But right. this is part of the Secret Empire series currently going on in Marvel. Where Steve Rogers is the Hydra man. He's the head of Hydra. Hydra's taken over the world. It is freaking stupid. It's god-awful. Um, someone proposed that idea, and someone thought it was brilliant. And no one took the time to say, really? You think people are really going to run and read the, their greatest hero is actually like a Nazi and turns the whole world Nazi? Oh, it'll be great, because they all turns back at the end. No. No, this is awful. Anyway, that's the Secret Empire rant that I've had five times already. Yeah, uh, the the thing that you have to wait until the very very end to be good, that's called surgery. Yeah. No one no one likes that either. No one's like, oh boy, going through surgery is awesome. This is a great process. It's so dramatic. No, everyone hates surgery. Even surgeons don't like surgery. They like getting paid for doing surgery. Yes. And they like helping people, in that order. Yeah, I'm a jerk. Um. So anyway. So in this. Hydra has managed to use nanites to take over Red Hulk, um, who then starts dismantling uh, the US Avengers team. Uh, Steve Rogers, uh, Captain Hydra, poisoned uh, Sunspot, the leader of the US Avengers. Um, so he's out Why? of action. Some super Why? poisoned tailor just to kill him, apparently. Oh. Why? Because... After he figured out that Sunspot uh, Roberto was not going to be on his side during the whole Nazi takeover, he decided he decided to take him out by poisoning him. Okay. So, which doesn't seem a very Captain America thing to do. It's possible someone else poisoned him, but that's what happened. And with all the previous issues of U.S. Avengers in the series before, you would think that Sunspot would have had like some, hey, ha ha, in case he got poisoned, I have this. Well, if he did, that didn't work. Or maybe it worked, but not enough, as we find out later. Right. So, Hydra holds all the cards. They have Red Hulk dismantling the team. Uh, when doing that, one of the other team members gets a hold of... Basically, it's a teleporting Squirrel Girl and the other girl into France. Basically, a boom, just get out of here. That way, rescuing them from the Hydra attack they were suffering in New York City. Um, which is actually pretty well written. I liked it. It was pretty clever how they did it because it wasn't like teleporting. What she did is she took one of the characters' phasing powers and actually had a boosted that phasing power to unlink her from being connected to the rotation of the Earth. Ooh. Yeah, because anytime you see like Kitty Pride or someone phase and pass through walls, they're still moving with the Earth. When right. really, if you're phasing, you shouldn't be. So she actually just turned that off, said, just went in and said, okay, I'm boosting your face or you're not linked to the Earth anymore. Spun around, and when it clicked back on, she was in France. Yep. Um, I don't think it's that fast, but yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's a comic book. You, you, you get as much reality as you can handle. Yeah, the the, the, the uh, first time I saw, that, I saw that used was actually in a Nova comic. Makes sense. 
Yeah. Uh, Nova's brother, little, little brother from another dimension was trying to train him to use his power. And he actually, uh, um, stopped, uh, stopped the gravitational constant on Nova. So he wasn't, like you said, no longer connected and he ended up being a thousand miles away yeah, before I mean, it wore off. Uh, I mean, with the rotation of the earth, I forget how fast it is, but anyway, I'm sure Duncan Idaho knows, but, uh, yeah, currently US Avengers Citizen V is Sunspot. Uh, Roberto da Costa. Uh, there's General Robert Maverick, who's the Red Hulk. Uh, Squirrel Girl, Cannonball. Um, IQ Johnson, who uh, used to be Kapod, now she's Enigma. That's the girl in the white armor. Uh, oh, and Tony Ho, who's the Iron Patriot. Right. Uh, the Iron Patriot, Tony Ho, is the one who actually went into Enigma's armor, like, while she's getting torn apart Red Hulk and turned off her. Basically, boosted her phasing and made her. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Red Hulk beats up Iron Patriot, takes her into Hydra Clutches. The whole time, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this. I'm under control. Please stop me. Help me. Um, but these guys end up in France. And that works out okay right up until Hydra. You know, Hydra talks to the French like, oh, and they beat up a Hydra unit. And then on Hydra, you know, attacks you speaking English. Which they're like, hey, why is he speaking English? Like, oh, crap. That means the main force knows we're here and they're already sent forces after us. And right they're about to go down, all of a sudden Ares comes in, the god of what? war. Yeah, yeah. He was an Avenger for a while. He's also supposed to be dead. Uh, he just starts cutting up cutting up Hydra vehicles. Uh, Swordswoman, who's the daughter of Swordsman, shows up, starts beating everyone up. Basically, and they're, they're like, the Euroforce assembles to aid the Avengers. And they're like, wait, is that Ares? Isn't Ares supposed to be dead? What? what? And so... They never explain quite how that happened, but they can save our Euroforce because Euroforce is resisting the horrible fascist regime who is now trying to take over France because they think, hey, it works so great in America. Let's do it in France. Sure. Yeah, why not? That's what happened during the Revolutionary War. That didn't work out so well for France. No. Um, not, not the first time. Not it, the first it, time. Yeah, yeah considered a, like a dry run to get the kinks out. You know? Oh, Doug Nio says the Earth rotates at 1,037 miles per hour. And he didn't even have to Google that at all, because we be- and I believe him entirely, because he would not lie to me. Nope. Nope. He's like the Dalai Lama, um, except you know, more awesome. Yeah. Does the Dalai Lama know martial arts? I've always been no. wondered about that. Does he just sit no, there meditate, or does he actually like at night secretly go fight crime? You know what? Maybe in his youth, but he's getting a little long in the tooth now. So. Well, that means he has to find four radical turtles and teach them how to fight is yep. that how that works i think that's, that's how the exactly dalai lama right. passes on that, I, I i saw that written as scripture it's had to be somewhere. i think that's in deuteronomy um <laughs> that's why i lied about everything anyway so back to us avengers number seven um i like this book had great pacing it moved well it showed their people not just like in the main secret empire dark 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 murder dark series trying to resist um it shows an international impact to what's going on. Um, and so I enjoyed it a lot reading about all this. Uh, and U.S. Avengers to me is just one of those series that to me is a little under, more under the radar than it should be with how well it's written and how good the art is and how fun it is to read. It's one of the books that reminds me of why I like comic books. Out Ewing almost always is great. Um the series even has a nice teaser at the end where you see Red Hulk and Iron Patriot getting put into prison 
or Tony Ho, Iron Patriot, uh, getting put into this new supers prison. And they say, yeah, it's two to... And the Hydra guard's telling him, yeah, it's two to a cell here. But don't worry. You'll have a cell to yourself as soon as your roommate here dies, which shouldn't be too long. Eight to Costa, and then it shows Roberto DaCosta, a.k.a. Sunspot, um, sitting on a bench in this prison cell. And it looks like he's fully Sunspotted. Like he has his powers going full bore, which kind of kills him nowadays. Oh, no. But he apparently, I'm guessing, is the only thing stopping the poison from killing him. And it looks like he's barely clinging to consciousness. So, a nice teaser at the end, because you're assuming Roberto is a genius, he'll be able to figure something out. Especially with Tony Ho there, who's also a super genius, Tony Stark mm-hmm. level. Right. So, hopefully that, hopefully that works out well. Um, really like the issue. Ah, uh, a lot of jumping off though. I hate to sound like a broken record, we get another three and a half out of five. I really liked it. The art, as always, Paco Medea's art is super strong. He's a great comic book artist. It's ne- his action is always easy to follow. It's always clear and always dramatic. Um, he brings personality. The characters are always on point. I love seeing their expressions. Just, this is one of my favorite comics for a reason. Um, okay. Three and a half out of five, US Avengers number seven. Why didn't he get a four? Because not enough happened for me. There wasn't quite enough dr- dramatic about it. I almost give it... It's so close to a four, but I can't quite give it a four. Because there's nothing I was like, oh, man! None, nothing really made me say that. Just thought, oh, cool, oh, cool. Nothing like, oh, wow! You know? Okay, So that's cool. why. Uh, right. Duncan Idaho also mentioned that uh, it would take 3.5 hours of waiting to travel from New York to Paris by rotational speed. But there's also... You have to think about the speed of the Earth in orbit going through. So there's a lot you got to worry about. Yeah, and there's a lot of math that uh, comic book writers don't want to do. Yeah. Or even yeah. if they could do it, it's like, you know, as a comic book... And they're phased. So who knows actually how long they're phased and, you know, sequencing and maybe the cosmic winds move. Who knows? You know, it's all comic book physics. Last book. Batman number 25. Uh, It's the beginning of a new era, I guess. Um, New storyline. Okay. Called The War of Jokes and Riddles. Uh. Greg Snyder and Capullo, when they were doing the Batman Rebirth series, they did Batman Year One, which was kind of like the first year that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Um, and Riddler had basically taken over the city. It was a, it was a really neat series. Okay. This takes place immediately after. Well, close to immediately after. A few months after. Okay. Um, it starts off with... Uh, Shirtless Bruce Wayne and Catwoman, who's not shirtless, um, in uh-huh. bed. And Bruce is like, because this is Tom King who wrote it, uh, art by Michael Jannon, who also did the cover. Yannon? Yeah. Tom King loves Batman to monologue everything. Everything. Tom King loves, I woke up this morning and I thought about shaving. The razor reminded me of my father. And how he would take the cold steel blade across his face, three strokes per side every morning. The water would run like blood in the streets. You know, <laughs> that Tom King freaking loves lines. That's not from the book, but if it was, you'd, you'd believe he wrote it. Um, so he can't, you know, you know, empty his bowels in the morning without thinking about his parents. You know, or, if Alf, or Alfred, or Robin, or anyway. His, his old junior high school girlfriend. As long as it was a dark experience where a bat killed her or something, yes. <laughs> you know, 
chosen over by a car. Valet parking was too slow. My father hired those valets. Oh, God! You know. Anyway. So. Basically, they're hanging out. I guess they're post-coital or something. And he's like trying to like tell you, I need to tell you these things so you understand who I am. Because I'm Batman. And I'm Bruce Wayne. And I'm Batman. But mainly I'm Batman. Um, right. And he starts talking about... Uh, what happened a few months after year one. The Riddler was in jail, mm-hmm. but all of these murders started happening, of course. And the Gotham well, well, cops... It's, it's Gotham, man. What, what, what was strange about these murders to make them stand out? Well, there's strange patterns to it. A lot of uh, nightclubs getting hit, a lot of stand-up comedians getting killed, things like that. Doug and I said to watch the toaster oven, pregnant with those breakfast possibilities. My mother was pregnant once, so God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was, was Duncan Idaho, right? Duncan Idaho. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, hey, Valdehart. Good to see you watching. Um, anyway, so he starts off that and it goes into explaining how when the Gotham PD would have a case they couldn't solve, a lot of them started leaning on the Riddler, Edward Nigma. Sure. Say, hey, we're having problems. He'd say, they'd say, oh, it's so simple. It's this, obviously, because that's he's Edward Nigma. He's the Riddler. And he never wanted anything in return. He would just, you know, want to, he only wanted his polite conversation. And uh, was he Hannibal lecturing these people? Was was he was he talking them into subliminal messages? No, not quite. Not oh. quite. He's see, he's not that kind of subtle. This is the Riddler. He doesn't believe in subtle. That's true. Yeah. Um. He believes he's smarter than everyone, but he doesn't believe in subtle. But, so the costume take this new series of murders to him. And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, you better tell us you know, Nigma, or your protection's gone. It's like, all right, let me tell you something. And then he ends up, like, pulling out a shiv and killing the cop who was there. Then he uses the keys, walks out of the interrogation room, starts trying to leave the jails. And, of course, wham, all the security guards, all the Gotham uh, security guards just on him for the PD unit. They have weapons trained on him. They're like, all right, now we get back to your cell. You know, we don't want to do this. I want to shoot you. And he starts naming off names. Jenny Phillips. Maya Al. You know, starts naming things. He's like, that's my daughter. That's my son. That's my wife's name. That's my mother. You know, he starts naming all these prison guards, family, and relations and where they live. Because he's been asking, oh, How's such guard so-and-so doing? Does he have kids? How are they? What school do they yeah. go to? Well, that's a good he's been, school. He's been slowly collecting uh, blackmail information. Exactly. And so he... So Riddler knows where all these people, fam, guys' families are, where they live, and what they're doing all, at all times. Great. And he still has influence. And they know he still has influence on the outside. So he starts naming off all this stuff. He doesn't have to tell them what he wants. They just kind of start moving out of the way. It's like keys... And kind of sadly hands him a key, unlocks himself. Good day, gentlemen. So like, dang, don't screw with Riddler. Of course, who's going to be... And the thing is, like, the uh, Batman warned the commissioner they should never be using Enigma, and commissioner's like, I'm sure they won't. You know. Well, they did. And you should never give him information, but they did. Because it makes sense they would. Um, so actually, he gets out, and he immediately tracks down he mean like goes to this office building that's mainly abandoned of course and then of course lightning's crashing because Tom, writer Tom King's a hack um, I said it 
light this rain and there's lightning crashes and he goes in and there's the long empty building and all this in this office is a single desk at these and he says hi i'm here i'm not who you expected though is it and he looks and you look and it shows the other panel with the other end of the desk is the joker sitting at the desk frowning and riddler begins to explain to him you didn't expect me you expected batman you killed all these people in just the right pattern, leaving a way to know who you we were killing, why, and where you would be and when. Batman would have figured it out if he ever got the information. I made sure he didn't. I'm here instead. And Riddler explains, you can't laugh anymore, can you? You aren't finding anything funny since he came to town and wrecked you, right? Right. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not happy with him either. I'm the smartest person who ever lived. I'm the smartest person in Gotham. But somehow, he outsmarted me. And he took away your ability to laugh by ruining every single one of your jokes. Because the joke's not funny if the, punchline's obvious, if the punchline is obvious. And he's done that to you. And Joker's like, go on. So here's the thing. We could try and kill each other. Because I can't let you kill the Batman. Because that would take away my revenge. And I will never win. And you can't let me kill Batman, because I will take away your punchline, and you can never laugh again. So we have one solution. We team up and kill Batman together. Joker goes, hmm, you make an excellent point. Then pulls out a gun and shoots him in the gut. No. They stops. No, still not funny. And walks out of the room. Leaving Riddler bleeding on the floor with a 45 shot to the gut. Nice. Yeah. Uh, of course, at that moment, Bat shortly after Batman crashes through the window, because he figured out, figured everything out, and he goes, Nigbar, what are you doing here? And he's like, I took a 45 to the gut. I'll never make it. Joker went that way. So Batman runs, and Nigma, like clutches his gut wound and leaves. And then you see Batman's monologuing still through this whole time. He's like, he took a 45 at point-blank range to the gut. Somehow, he managed to staunch the bleeding, hold his guts closed long enough to make it to medical care. I made the mistake of, le of leaving him, assuming he was dead, to chase the Joker. And because of that, I lost both of them that night. If I had just put Riddler in prison that night, this never would have happened. And that's kind of where well, it ends. It basically, well, it, it basically ends with the idea that Gotham is about to go to war. Because the forces of the Joker and Riddler are now against each other. And trying to outright kill Batman at the same time. So we're trying to kill each other and Batman. And they don't care who they burn in the way. Kind of an interesting setup. I actually kind of liked it. Um, I hate the cover for this issue just because they reference a Joel Schumacher Batman film. On the one side, you see like a poker card with a B. That's a real poker card. With Batman on it, with ha 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 written on it. Okay, so that's Joker. The other side is a piece of paper with riddle me this, riddle me that, who's afraid of the big black bat written on it, which is a Jim Carrey line. Yep. So instantly I can't take you seriously. Um, so that hurts my light enjoyment of the issue. I thought it was a neat setup. I think Tom King spends way too much time navel-gazing. I think this is... To me, it's kind of like the opposite problem that Secret Empire has. Secret Empire is a terrible idea with actually some pretty good writing behind it. But that good writing cannot make up for how terrible the idea is. Uh, with this, this is a really good idea. I like the, I even, I even like the setup of how these two guys end up against each other with the Joker trying to laugh again and Riddler trying to prove he's the smartest. And that's actually kind of neat. But 
Tom King spends so much time having Batman monologue every single page, and everything is so dark and internal to him. It's like, for God's sake. He's had a lot of time to get over his parents' death. You know? I've never seen Batman... I've never seen Batman written so introspectively before. And I don't mean that in a kind way. As in, oh, he's considering his actions. Batman apparently cannot you know, order toast from a diner or <laughs> or order or watch Pornhub without thinking of his parents. Without you know, having a PTSD flashback of something. Right. It's awful. I, I hate it. It's terrible. So, but... The idea behind this is pretty solid. I just... And Tom King's writing isn't bad it's actually pretty good most of the time i just don't like the constant navel gazing the constant it's always raining well it's, i mean it's gotham but it's always raining they're always there's always lightning and he's always looking downward and thinking dark bat thoughts to himself it's almost a parody of batman you know mm-hmm. i that super supposed to be light Batman's supposed to be dark i get it but it's just a little too much in the introspection come on get get over it get over it so overall, what do we got? Um, overall, I'll give it a three to five. The art isn't the best. It's not bad. It gets the job done. Um, everything's always really, really dark, which isn't exactly necessary. Things can be done better. Um, everything's always in the rain. Everything's yep. always covered in shadows. Sure. It's The transitions are okay. The scenes are okay. The characters stay on model. I'll give them that. It's not too hard to follow. So overall, it's a three out of five. Um, it's not bad, but I do reserve. If this series turns out to be really good, I can see that happening. I can see my opinion of this issue raising if the whole storyline ends up being great. If it ends up not happening, eh, my my opinion of the storyline is going to stay where it is. Understood. But that is Garthon's comic poll this week. Uh, one last note for the poll. Yes. Uh, the trade paperback for New Superman Volume One has come out. Excellent. Um, I like the first few issues of New Superman, the Chinese Superman. Highly recommended. Love the series. A lot of fun to read. The uh, f- first trade covers how many? Uh, how many of the actual books? Ah uh, man, 14? I need to ask that question. I think it's the first eight issues. Eight. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, I highly recommend it. But that is Garthon's comic book this week. But now takes the RNG. We're talking about the random things going across our head today. And the first random thing I want to talk about is Superman's super chimp is named Beppo the super chimp. Ah, ah. <laughs> you hurt my brain with that knowledge. You suck so At bad. At least I did ask you the name of the bat dog. Stop it. There's a bat dog. Stop it. I did, I did not create these things. No, but you're putting them like freaking earwigs in my brain. Uh, they actually have, He's actually been in the crypto television series. He actually did meet with bat dog a few times. And Streaky the Super Cat. What is wrong with you, man? I did, hey, blame DC. There's no, I blame so you. much you can blame DC for. What did you have for the RNG this week there, Brett? Okay, I have uh, a uh, book recommendation for all you fine Legionnaires out there. And do you remember what it's called? Garthon. Are you talking about the Fionavar Tapestry? Yes, the Fionavar Tapestry. It came out in be- between 84 and 86. So it's old book. It's an old book. You might not have heard about it. But it is set in a world of high fantasy. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court where uh, 
um, this this high fantasy world send send someone to our world to fetch people to come back for a great a great ceremony a fiftieth anniversary of the reign of the of the king King Alil in uh, in uh, in the the, the uh, capital city of, of Paris Duval and uh, the these these people from our world go to their world and immediately get in, in just embroiled in their in their upcoming upcoming war with uh with with the ultimate evil type, type deal and uh it's almost like they were destined to be there like their their, their places kind of fit like like pieces in a puzzle now you you may you may think that everything's shoehorned in everything's jammed into your throat it's not it's written wonderfully um it's uh what is the first book called? Like the Oak and the Raven or something? The first book is, uh, hang on. <laughs> oh, he's actually gonna go get the book. You can't do an internet search. I guess I will do the internet search. Doop doop doo. All right. Um, the books in the series. Uh, the first book is called The Summer Tree. The second is The Wandering Fire, and the third is The Darkest Road. Um, I, I actually read this book a long time ago. Uh, Field of Our Tapestry is actually a very interesting fantasy series that's influenced by Tolkien, but obviously not a direct ripoff like so many other fantasy books are. Like Sword of Shinar is obviously a Tolkien ripoff. Iron Tower is a Tolkien ripoff. First book ripoff. is The Summer Tree. Yeah, I said that. Okay, good. good Second job. book is The Wandering Fire, and third is The Darkest Road. Yes, exactly right. Now, uh, all, all three of these books are about the same length. Uh... Between uh, 350 and 400 pages, about. Uh, not 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 a not a terribly hard read. I mean, uh, um, the the uh, people in the beginning do not have any super special abilities besides them being really accomplished and intelligent people. I mean, uh, it's not like oh well they all have they all had the ability. No, they were uh, these five people were lawyers, doctors. You know, uh, accomplished accomplished artists and be people with drive. Right. It actually does use the trope. Well, at the time, it's actually kind of a new idea. This was the early '80s. It was written. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of people in an RPG getting sucked into the world. Yes. The the last time I saw that done effectively um, was the old D and D cartoon when I was like eight. <laughs> that really wasn't effective. Well, it, it was effective for an eight year old. For an, oh yeah, for an eight year old yeah. <laughs> but no, so, actually, yeah. um. There's another series that does it, like Carl Quillane and all them. Anyway, but the, uh, but this series is actually great because it, it does that, but it's, you know, it's never beaten over your head that this is just a game or anything like that. And it does a great job of, it has this wonderful dark um, feel to it, like old world magic. It brings oh, in yeah. Arthurian legend, Norse legend, yes. and it kind of mixes them together. It's a really great read, and it's very unlike a lot of the other fiction you see, especially nowadays. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fiction. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just really enjoy it. Yeah, it, it, it does not suffer from the Dune problem, which is uh, everyone knows what well, no, everyone knows what everyone else is going to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, they say that to themselves when they're, when they're talking to the other person that they're, that they're secretly against. I re after after the first Dune, all the other Dune books are to me all but unreadable, be because everyone knows what everyone's plotting, but for some reason this guy wins, even though the other guy knew what he was going. It doesn't do that. It it, uh, it you you organically learn 
what what you need to as it, as it progresses and you don't you don't get a sneak peek into someone's motives un, until they take action to give you reason to understand what they what they were thinking in the first place right so, so it's very well written it is it's a series that uh, I was actually kind of surprised that Heathen Dog had read as well and it's a we both really love the series so I'm glad he brought it up excellent um, I just wanted to mention the Steam summer sales are currently happening also Origins doing right. some as well. But lots of lots of really great deals going on for oh, yeah. a lot of games right now for the PC. Uh, so if you've thought about picking up a game on Steam, definitely give it a look because I've picked up a couple already. Yeah, there, there's a couple that are up to 80% off. Yes, it's crazy. Up one of those, so hey, there you go. Good job. Uh, also, uh, I guess it's getting time to wrap up. Wanted to mention okay. you can always check out me the live stream every week. Uh, so there's some changes coming to the Legion Myth. Uh, we are changing how we are doing our web hosting so stay tuned for details on that mm -hmm. uh share 75 asks have either of you played the unknown armies rpg i have not i have not either i haven't even heard of it i have to look it up nope is it on steam it's an rpg i assume it's is that pen and paper or is that a computer game there share 75 i could look it up unknown RPG. but we are not the master of all knowledges like duncan idaho that is true uh, it's a pen and paper game. Okay. No, have not played it. About broken and obsessed people taking risks to change the world by Atlas Games. Interesting. Okay. That's a Kickstarter thing. Say, just grabs on a whim. Huh. On a whim. W H I M. Whim. Whim. Like cool oh. whip. <laughs> okay, but. Uh, as, and as always, you could, every day of the week, you could check out Heathen Dog and Garthon uh, running our Foundry team-up missions. We're having a great time with that. Oh, and, yeah. Good good times. And we love all the Foundry authors and all the content they create. Not all the Foundry and especially, authors. Most and especially all, all the comments we've gotten on them. Uh, the uh, the uh, referrals to, to other episodes, the, the comments by the creators themselves on the absolutely, episodes absolutely. that we review. It's been it's been wonderful in interacting with this crowd. I did so like how... Please keep it up. After we reviewed Ocampa New Year, uh, Green Dragoon said, you know, this is really indicative of my work. This is a, a two-day throw-together for a contest. You should really no, no, check no, out. No, that, that no, was, that was Mar Hawkman. Is that Mar Hawkman? No, that's Green yes. Dragoon. No, it was Mar Hawkman. No. Duncan knows. He knows everything. <laughs> quit, quit flaming Duncan. I know everything. <laughs> oh. Um, but we love Gorgon Ops as well, who oh, is yes. Duncan Idaho. But yes, love those missions. But no, then we started doing like, the Midas, and that's just a fantastic, fantastic one. Yeah, Mark made a hug. Okay, maybe we'll camp. That's right. Sorry. That's right. But uh, they were doing the, uh, in the Shadow of Midas right now, and that's great. We're going to kick up part two next, I believe. Yes, right? yes. Uh, starting Monday, we're, we're going to be doing uh, uh, Shadow of Midas part two. And uh, I'm told there's a Shadow of Midas part three, and yes. that uh, so, someone commented that for some reason we don't finish the story arcs. So we're well, going to do that. In Purity part six, we couldn't finish because they uh, Cryptic hadn't loaded part six back on. That's true. At, at the time, part five was all we could get. So uh, af after we do Midas, then we, we might we might circle back. Yes. And do purity part six. Yeah. Well, I, I really want to know how it ends. Well, so yeah, we but to. but uh, Midas is. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, we're doing. I don't Midas mean to right offend now. anyone, but Midas really has me hooked. It is the bee's knees. The end of part one really hooked me. Yes. And I and <laughs> I, I, I got to have my fix. The Kaiho loves says part three has been the half life through the foundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that's funny 
All right, well, with that, I guess we will wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining in, for watching. We hope you had a good time. We had a good time, even if you didn't. Yeah, you we'll have, have any... all the good times for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you have any words of wisdom there, Heathen Dog? <sighs> nope, I'm all wisdomed out, man. All right. Uh, everyone, be, be nice to each other. Be nice to yourself. Uh, don't touch yourself too much. And everything will work out. Uh, if you have any constructive comments or suggestions, check us out on the internet at reddit.com slash r slash legion myth on our facebook page facebook.com slash legion myth on the youtubers youtube.com slash c slash legion of myth underscore page at twitter at legion of myth and our twitch tv slash legion of myth you can check out the podcast on itunes also look us up on soundcloud or google play if you get it through itunes go and drop us a review we'd leave one for you so as always if you want to support legion of myth you can get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash legion of myth or directly, patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. I thank you everyone for joining in today, especially our Patreon supporters, Hicks206, Elgarian, Alan51, Beldahar, and Heathen Dog. It's your support, which we can blame for letting this keep rolling. Thanks so much. <laughs> so, as always, remember, guys, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great Darnell Anomaly.